Job has gone through like a really tough time in his life. Um, you guys probably all know the story. Um, Satan comes before God and is like, have you considered your servant Job? And kind of like um, gets him to get like really kind of um, go through some really tough times. He's like, he only worships you because you've looked after him, you've blessed him, you've done all this stuff for him. If you removed your hand from him and I had my way with this guy, he would ditch you so quick. And so Job goes through all these trials, and like he loses his kids, he loses his he loses everything, his his property, his business, he loses so much, he loses everything other than his wife, who just stands there and says to him all the time, "Why don't you curse God?" And Job goes through all this stuff, and he ends up getting counsel from his friends. He ends up getting all these different opinions, and there comes this moment where Job comes to this place, like we talked about in Eco, where through all the pain, through all the heartache, through all the struggle, he starts to ask certain questions. And there comes this moment in chapter 38 where God starts to answer some of Job's questions. And this is what he says. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you and make it known to me. And then God says this. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know, right? Who stretched the line upon it? Or what is the basis? What were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the joy, all the sons of God shouted for joy? So he's asking this question. So what happens is when we go through stages in our lives where things are really painful, things are really difficult, things are really hard, we come to this place where sometimes we question the very the very fabric of the very foundations that we're laid upon. And you see, one of the things that happens in life is when you become afraid or when you become anxious or when you go through some really painful stuff, the way that you see God, the way that you understand him, the way that you view your life changes significantly. There was, an, there was a case in the New Testament where the disciples were with Jesus on a boat and he fell asleep underneath and the storm came and they literally woke Jesus up and they were like... Do you not care that we're perishing? Do you not care that we're perishing? Which is a crazy thing when you think about the bigger context. And the bigger context is, they've been with Jesus, they've seen people healed, they've seen all these amazing miracles happen, and in in this context, he's asleep in the boat, they wake him up like, don't you care we're perishing? They actually question his character. Fear does crazy things to people. Pain does crazy things to people. The disciples have been with Jesus, seen amazing stuff happen, and as soon as a storm comes, they're questioning the very character of Jesus. Don't you care about us? Don't you care that we're in this situation? And with Job, he's got to the point where he's really suffering, really struggling, and really, really afraid. And he asks, he asks God some really tough questions. And God answer, God's answer is, well, were you there at the beginning? Did you see how this all came together? Do you know who laid the cornerstone? Um, do you know how, how, how far it's sunk? Do you understand any of the, the fabric and, uh, of what it is you're questioning and the basis of everything? Because your worldview has shifted slightly. You're now questioning the bigger, bigger picture. And so then we skip ahead to the Psalms. And in Psalm 118, verse 22 says the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone so today what happened with the lego game was everyone got to pick a load of pieces and choose one piece that they weren't going to use and then everything else had to go back in 
and we were left with this piece that we wanted to reject and we had to build from that particular piece. Now, if we are to look at Luke chapter 20 verse 9, we hear a parable that Jesus tells and he says this, he began to tell the people this parable, a man planted a vineyard and let it out to tenants and went into another country for a long while. When the time came, he sent a servant to the tenants so that they would give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Then he sent another servant, but they also beat and treated him shamefully and sent him away empty-handed. He sent a third. This one they also wounded and cast out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? Will I send my beloved son? Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Let us kill him so the inheritance may become ours. And they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and destroy those tenants and give the vineyard vineyard to others. When they heard this, they said, surely not. But he looked directly at them and said, what then is this that is written? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. When it falls on anyone, it will crush him. So it's this crazy kind of scenario going on. We start off with Job, the first time we hear of a cornerstone in in, in the Bible. Job is pretty much the oldest book in the whole Bible. If you look at it chronologically, it goes way back before Genesis. And right at the beginning, when things get tough, just like every one of us does, we start to question who God is. We start to question his character. We start to question the plans he has for us. We start to question the environment we're in and everything that's happening. And then what transpires is later on there's this, this great kind of psalm being written and it says this prophetic line of the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And then what happens here is we see Jesus talking to these guys, letting them know about themselves. He's talking to them indirectly. Uh, he's great at that talking directly about their situation he lets them know there were prophets that came and told you about God's kingdom told you how things were they came to come and and talk to you about the vineyard that it needs to bear fruit that it needs to be a certain way you didn't listen you treated them badly and now God sent me his his beloved son into this world and I'm telling you about how things are and he says what they do they'll kill him he's talking about what's going to happen to him and then he says well what do you think the father's going to do to those who treat in this way and then they're like, surely not, this can't be, he won't do that, that's not how it is, look at who we are, we're children of Abraham, that's not going to happen to us. Then he says, well what do you think is written when it says, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? And they're like, oh my days, he's talking about us. And then after this, what it says in the other, um, it says here, the scribes and the chief priests sought to lay hands on him at that very hour, for they perceived that he had told them this parable against them, but they feared the people, so they watched him and sent spies who pretended to be sincere that they might catch him in something he said, so as to deliver him up to the authority. So they end up, as they hear what he says, wanting to fulfill exactly what he said about them, and they want to hand him over. And why do they want to do that? They want to do that because when they see Jesus, when they see who he is, they go, this isn't the stone that we want. This isn't how we want to build what we're building. This isn't what we want to be a part of, and we don't particularly like it. Now, the problem we have, and how this applies to us, is sometimes with Jesus, we see him not really being the cornerstone of our lives. We see ourselves at the cornerstone, and Jesus being this add-on on the side, this ad-sale thing, like he's, a, he's like the pair of fries that come with the Big Mac meal. Like, Jesus is the cornerstone. He is the main, main thing. And so if we want to live lives that are full of vigor, full of joy, full of passion... We need to live our lives built around the cornerstone. 
There are so many people and individuals that live different kind of lives and yet can feel so unfulfilled. I've met guys who've got so much crazy, crazy pee, so much money, and like still they don't ever seem fulfilled. Like there's never enough. There's never this completion. And so often in life, we can be distracted upon goals and upon settings and not live lives that are rested solely upon Jesus being the cornerstone. And so then, last place I want to go today is in Acts chapter 4. I'm going to speed wrap this up. Acts chapter 4. So Jesus has been, he's been killed, he's been crucified, he's risen from the dead, he's ascended, he's with God at the right hand side of the Father. And there's this occasion where Peter and John have done this great thing, God's used them and someone's been healed and because of what's happened, they've been brought before the council. And as they were speaking to the people and the priests, the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were watching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them, but then... Uh, put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. On the next day, the rulers, the elders, and the scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Ananias the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today... Concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you. Well, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now what had happened in these passages, he's talking to the exact same people that were the people that saw Jesus, that had that conversation with him, where he told them about themselves and says, you guys, you are the builders. The stone that the builders rejected has become this cornerstone. He says, I am what I am, and no matter what you do to me, no matter how you treat me, it's not going to change this fact. And so often what can happen with Jesus in our own lives is we can take a part of Jesus and we can make him into be something else. We want him to be something else. We don't like who he is and we try and twist it. We try and deal with the situation to move him to be how we want him to be so that our lives can stay the way we want to stay. Instead of changing ourselves to fit in with the plan that God has for us, instead of us changing into him being the cornerstone to being built upon him and ordering our lives around him, we try and fit him around us. That's exactly what these guys did. And they made plans to kill him. They had him killed. And what happened was they felt that they now removed the stone, that the stone they've rejected is done, things will move on and they'll continue to build what they want to build. But then there's Peter and there's John standing there and a crippled man gets healed and they're like, no, we don't like this. This is still happening. So they grab them aside and then Peter points out, he's like, I was there. I remember when he told you who you were and he told you who he was and you guys still rejected him. You didn't like who he was. You wanted to do your own thing. You wanted to build empire. You wanted to build it how you wanted to build it. You wanted to keep control of the monopoly and the influence that you had. And so often what we can do as Christians is really worrying because the passage in the psalm says that the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And what it talks about is it talks about us coming to a place where we don't like what we see and we want to build something else and we can end up missing out on all that God has for us. The reason I'm starting this new year doing Lego and the reason why we had the talk we had this last week and we have it this week 
is because I think the most important thing for us to start the new year is perspective. And the perspective has to be with Jesus at the center of it and us ordering our lives around who he is. Because it's so easy to want to manipulate Jesus to be who you want him to be and who I want him to be instead of changing ourselves to fit in with him taking the place that he deserves to take. And what this teaches us is that no matter how you may want to change Jesus, no matter how much you may want to change his message, and no matter how much you want to bend him to live your life by the values and the ways you want to live, it won't change a thing. The scriptures weren't set, and Job was unhappy with how he saw God being, and said, I've got some questions for you, God. And God said, well, I've got some for you. Do you know who laid the cornerstone? When you order the, the, the books of the Bible, it starts off with Job, and you've got that question there, and then... No one saw how things were in the beginning. Then Moses has this encounter with God where he says, show me your face. And God says, I can't show you my face, you'll die. And he covers him. He says, I'll show you my back. And we read that and we think that's a really weird passage. But then Moses writes the book Genesis and all the way from the beginning, Moses wasn't alive back then. But when he saw the back of God, he saw where God had been. And when he saw what God had been, he saw a trinity. He saw um, Elohim, God created a plural. He saw the spirit of God. He saw the father God and he saw the word of God. And then John says in this revelation, that the word became flesh and blood and dwelt among us. And when you look at those things and him being the cornerstone and Job saying about the, God talking to Job about the cornerstone, and then we see in the Psalms it says that the cornerstone, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and we see Jesus come flesh and blood, the word of God. He is who he is, and no matter whether your life hurts and you have questions and you're upset with God, it doesn't change the fact that the cornerstone is still the cornerstone. And it doesn't matter if you're here and now and you're in control of your own life and your own destiny like these leaders were, the builders were. You can reject it, but all you're doing is you're going to cause yourself more pain because what the cornerstone is is before anything. It's outside of time and space. Jesus doesn't change for us. We need to change for him. And the reason I say that is if you want to live the greatest life you can live and leave the greatest legacy possible, you have to allow him to be the foundation and you have to shape and build your life around him any other way just doesn't work and it won't work out for any of us i'm just going to pray um, father i thank you for for your word i thank you that um, all of us can relate to different aspects all of us at some point have gone through hard times where we've questioned the very fabric and nature of who you are like job did but you still were the cornerstone and you still were true to who you were and it didn't change a thing and father we can be like the same religious leaders of jesus day that look at jesus don't like how he is and want to twist him and moving him to something else and we can't because you're the cornerstone you're the one on which everything the whole of existence of everything by him and in him all things were made and have their being you spoke this all into existence. You are the very foundation. You are the one in whom we have our trust. Outside of you, we can build. We can do nothing. Unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. You are the cornerstone. You are building your house, Father. And we worship and we adore you. And this year, Father God, we want to be people that build your kingdom. We want to be people that build, see your kingdom come in our lives, Father God. We want to see your kingdom come in our nations, Father God. We want to lay our lives down to be a part of the building and the fabric, the tapestry that you're putting together. Come, Lord Jesus, have your way in our lives and come and move among us. In Jesus' name. Amen.